Where do we begin with this jam-packed edition of the Hawk Talk podcast? Well, as much as we'd like to ignore it, we must revisit the second Marsh series hit out against Melbourne. Plus, we've got some injury updates, a new recruit, and a not-so-new recruit. There's plenty to get to ahead of a season that might not even go ahead, but more on that shortly. Welcome to the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me is a man who'd much rather be anywhere else than the footy. G'day, Tiz. Yeah, I guess that's probably quite true at the moment. I've got to say, my enthusiasm has been slashed. Yeah, I'm not sure whether I should be like this, or I should just be trying to live my life, but I know I won't be impacted, really. You know, it's meant to be a slight illness that I'll get through, but it's all the people who are in the in the dangerous bracket who are at risk that I have to think of about who I go and see or what I go and do, what I expose myself to. I guess that's all it is. And that's what the decisions we're hearing about today are focused on, really. Yeah, the breaking news as we're recording this is that the government has been advised to cancel all gatherings of more than 500 people. So uh, in case you're wondering why exactly we're talking about the coronavirus, it's because that will have quite obviously, significant flow-on effects to the AFL. So is that one person per bay? So could I apply to be the bloke (laughs) who chucks the ball back, do you reckon? Can I get my spot in M10? (laughs) At the back, standing room only. (laughs) Yeah, I won't even be on the fence. I'll be at the back of standing room like normal. Yeah, a choir of one. It'll be wonderful. (laughs) i tell you what it will be a problem for is the swearing on the ground. I hadn't thought of that until now, but the players, you know... Do like to cuss a bit. All right, we won't mic anyone up. Especially the commentators. Keep the mics away from them. (laughs) Yeah, they're the exact people who we want the mics away from. Mic up the players. Get rid of the commentary. Because you've heard the rumours there, haven't you? uh, They're going to have them commentating off like the live signal from interstate, which means they'll only be able to see whatever the camera's on. And when they call the kick, they won't know where it's going. Okay, so obviously that's going to impact them quite significantly as well. That's going to affect their whole commentary style. But you'd think they'd just get some, you know, graduate who's in WA to just attend the footy with a with a mask on, and he's the only one in the box, and he just calls it as he sees it. I think uh, the upshot of all this business, Tiz, is there's uh, a spot for two young guys who, who speak their mind and could do well to commentate Hawks games if only there was the opportunity. Well, I guess I guess that is the way we have to look at it because it's going to change how everyone consumes footy. Yes. Um, it won't be all the excitement and the crowd noise and getting stuck in the moment. It'll it'll sort of dissolve into this either the intellectualization of football and looking at how structures actually happen and we actually indulge in that kind of thing. Or it's just going to be, and it might tire very quickly, is that kind of enthusiasm that they try to bring across to you through the commentary box. Well, it's anything to um, get you to keep watching, basically. I mean, we are we are in the eye of the storm as far as this news is concerned. Um, it was just announced, the, the government measures there, about the, uh, the gatherings. 
And um, just as we've hit record, we've had a letter from our president, Jeff. Jeff Kennett has weighed in. What do you think he makes of all this, Tiz? Um, given his cracks about toilet jokes and toilet paper and even the mention of anus, I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> he's taking it with the uh, the seriousness that perhaps a lot of other people are. Uh, but it, he does well to sort of stem the panic. I, I believe that was his goal with the letter. It's walking that line of, yeah, well, this is serious, but then perhaps... Some people are taking it a little bit too far. I mean, part of the opening of this letter, and I'll quote him here, Jeff says, Yes, we have a virus outbreak, but with 126 cases being reported to date out of a population of 25 million, does that justify the extraordinary scenes and actions we are witnessing by some in the community today? Yeah, it's not like Jeff to question authority like that. Uh, <laughs> it's odd for him. Uh, <laughs> it's not about the cases we know about. Anyway, so... It's about the ones that, you know, aren't present yet. But this is the best way you have to be with these things. I think you've got to get ahead of it to protect the um, the medical services. That's all it is. And you've got to be uh, diligent and conscientious and all that stuff. And Yeah, and if you do all that, you don't need to worry too much. And the government seems to be doing that, and they're who we lean on in these times so I, I don't want to portray the idea that Kenneth isn't taking this seriously or the club's not taking it seriously because the bulk of the letter is about what they're actually doing um i'll quote him again this morning i convened a meeting with justin reeves and some of his direct reports including graham rice gm of football to review our position and preparedness the meeting was also designed to see what effect the concern about the virus was having on our financial position yeah that's of concern yeah because we've got some big projects coming up, so it might derail that a bit. But I don't know how it works with the memberships. You've got to get value for money there, obviously, but I doubt it would be the club that had put their hand in their pocket. It would probably be the AFL Commission and all their... You know, this could force the closing of uh, Gold Coast or something like that. I'd love to joke about that, except my thoughts immediately race to Stewie Dew, and I like Dew. How could you not? So my heart would break for him. Well, I mean, they might just postpone their season, to be quite honest. If if it's going to run at a complete loss, then anyway, it's it's not like they're going to be in the grand final. It's not going to corrupt the league. <laughs> if everyone's not playing Gold Coast this year, everyone gets a buyback and they get that week to sort of compress the season. God. I mean, I'm coming up with some good ideas. I mean, you're going to say North Melbourne next, I know. <laughs> but, uh... Mate, I'd say that virus or no virus. Which, incidentally, is the uh, new hit game show by Andrew O'Keefe, Virus or No Virus. <laughs> uh, I have noticed some changes to the language, though. No one's going viral anymore. That's, That's stopped. <laughs> That's gone. That's a shame. I thought we were in for a good episode this week. and <laughs> Yeah, we were getting all uh, G'd up to head to the G, and, uh, well, we've ordered the um, the season guides. <laughs> The season guides are ordered with massive question marks over the, whether there will be a season or not. So that's great. Um, I want to just circle back around to what Jeff said about the club's financial position. Um, I mean, that is quite a concern, obviously. He indicated that uh, the bottom line of the footy club might be hit by about 10% of budgeted revenue over the football year. And part of the letter was, I won't call it a surprise per se, but... It was an appeal to fans. If you haven't signed up yet, <laughs> could you please sign up for a membership? Because that'd be good. Now, is that actually the best way to do it? Like, uh, considering now, you're probably not going to get the full value out of your membership. 
is it not better to, if you're interstate or something like that and you know the club needs money, would a donation suffice and without all the administration costs? I would dare say a donation might be better. And especially it would um, circumvent all those problems, that the tangles that people would have with buying memberships. Like, you know, I'm not getting bang for my buck. Whereas with a donation, you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, and can you allocate it specifically to the Kennedy Centre and its creation? That would be ideal. And, and people would know exactly where their money's going to. And they, you know, with a donation, they wouldn't expect anything in return. They do it purely of the love and support of the club. And it gets you looking past the moment and you can look into the future. <laughs> <laughs> Not the chaos that's happening now, but having that down the line. Once you channel it past memberships, um, it becomes a lot more straightforward. I, I, I don't know about Jeff's reasoning here, so you make a good point in that regard, Tiz. Uh, he concludes, does Jeff, in his letter, Justin and his team are going to do more work over the weekend to do some more precise modelling that might come into play once we hear what decisions the AFL will be forced to make we will try and keep you as fully informed of the impact on Hawthorne as best we can of decisions still to be made. I've just had a thought, Nick. Mm -hmm. Perhaps the membership number is important in negotiations with the AFL on remuneration. (laughs) It might be. Well, according to Jeff, we've already hit where we were last year, so that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I mean, a a really good pre-season like we've had. You know, the couple of results we've had... (laughs) The promise that that's shown, it just does that, doesn't it? It just comes naturally to Hawthorne fans. Oh, well, I expect there <laughs> might have been a major spike right after that second Marsh Series game. What do you reckon? I reckon it's the John Patton goal <laughs> in the second Marsh Series game. They just got on the blower and there they are. The kick of the new decade. <laughs> it was a good goal. It was a good that, goal. That's about the only highlight and the only thing I remember and almost the only thing I care to remember after losing to Melbourne yet again. Thank goodness it wasn't a final this time. We'll get stuck into the recap in a sec. I just want to go over some measures that um, Justin Reeves and the club has implemented. He uh, he went through all these in a letter that was released, or statement that was released to members. Uh, he's restricted access to the Rico Centre, cancelled open training ahead of round one, which who knows what even round one looks like now. Uh, the Hawks Museum's temporarily closed as a precautionary measure. The Hawks Nest shop is open, Tiz, because uh, let's not be crazy about this. You've got to get your coronavirus masks. That's right. <laughs> and uh, get them down there. Actually, I figured that I could get my all the scarves I've got over the years out of that membership department and just kind of layer them to create a, a netting or a webbing that <laughs> yeah. could, you know... Restrict the coronavirus. What do you think? Will that work? Well, I picture you looking a bit like the um, children's cartoon character Grug. I thought you were going to say Shredder because um, that's... <laughs> it's a little more flattering, isn't it? you got a bit of edge to you. I went with Grug. You went with Shredder. Could you get two different fictional characters? We do. Actually, I should contact the, one of our listeners who's actually made a big poncho out of... Oh, it'd be about 15 years worth of these scarves. And it is a sight to behold. That is impressive. We heard from uh, Alex, who shed a bit of light on one of the silver linings to come out of this this whole drama. Oh, yeah. At Hawk Talk Pod. Great. The season will restart in time for Impy and Hardwick to come back into the side. <laughs> yeah. We'll just put it on hold until everyone's cherry ripe to go. What about the silver lining I came up with? Did you like that one? Oh, go on. The, uh, you know, if Melbourne do win the Premiership, there'll be no one in attendance. So it'll be like it never happened anyway. Be great. That seems consistent with your hatred of Melbourne. (laughs) 
If only we could have a vote for that to happen, you know, it'd be brilliant. See, what people need to understand listening to this is that um, you were this bitter about Melbourne before the second Marsh series hit out. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I mean, we need to unpack this because we don't know when our next game will be. We don't know if there's a palate cleanser coming anytime soon. This might be our last recap for a while. We need to talk about the Marsh Series game against Melbourne down in Tassie, as much as I don't want to. Well, what a tour de force that was. Um, (laughs) I think at this point I'd like to quote a tweet of yours, which might have been a bit of heat of the moment stuff, but nevertheless, I I think I'd like to read it out. No style, no impact, no excitement. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I captured it pretty well. There was um, that goal by Patton, and that was about it, I think. I thought one of our listeners, Simon, um, summed it up pretty well, too. He hit us up at Hawk Talk Pod. Uh, it's a mix of stagnant ball movement when they go slow and horrible disorganisation when they try to go quickly. Skill errors by foot, not the ideal. Yeah, it was um, it was pretty bad, the skill errors. The only thing I can think of, the sort of um, mitigating factor, might have been a huge workload in the training midweek and then Clarko sort of goes to his line coaches and says well this is really good we can see how these players are going to perform when they're terribly fatigued they look up his sleeve because um like I said no assurances about how we're going to go in 2020 from that game I I took very little out of it well Nick it feels like it's time for an advertisement (laughs) because you're so done with this game and to be (laughs) frank so am I Yes, we've called half time here on the Hawk Talk podcast just to get to some social media stuff first up. Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review us there. Really appreciate it. If you, uh, if you do like the podcast, leave us a lovely message. We've got 231 ratings so far, most of them five star ratings, Tiz. We love that. Yeah, the five stars are the ones that matter, aren't they? Um... <laughs> <laughs> They're certainly the ones we enjoy most. No surprise there. We heard from Ryan. He said, uh, interesting enough to keep me awake on a three-hour drive home after two weeks of night shift. Wow, that is uh, that is some trip and um, feel a little heroic with that effort. I, I <laughs> Do you feel like we're saving lives? How many eps was that? <laughs> oh, <geez>. He's <laughs> gone back to Christmas. Yeah, wow. That's bravery. Thank you, Ryan. That's, uh, that's a big effort. <laughs> You can also follow us on Twitter at HawkTalkPod. We're inching towards 2,000 followers. That's a milestone we've been staring down for a little bit now, and I'm so excited to reach that. I can't wait. So uh, if you haven't joined us on there, please do, at HawkTalkPod. You can find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. That's growing at an amazing rate too, that community. And the big one is Patreon. If you want to sling us some coin and support the show, you can do via patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. Uh, the big news is obviously we've got this season guide that we've been cooking up for a while. We'll put our hearts and souls into it. And, you know, who knows what's going to hap- happen with the season and if it's going to be postponed, if there's going to be no crowd, etc., etc. We can go on and on about that. But the season guide is coming. So keep an eye out for that. Patreon subscribers from the $5 tier and up will get that automatically, but we will be making it available to other listeners as well. So just keep an eye out on the social channels. And uh, thanks to the Patreon subscribers, we've got the tech to keep us recording during this period. If either of us get quarantined, we're all sweet. (laughs) That's how this is happening. We're not taking any chances. We've been recording remotely because, I know, we can now. We can and we can do it well. Well, we can, yeah. It's a... 
and uh, also avoiding public transport and things like that. Just unnecessary stuff. So if we can do it, and it sounds pretty good, the tech, I've got to say. Yeah, if anyone has any comments on that, we happen to think it sounds great. We've received great feedback on it so far. Uh, if you've noticed the change and appreciate it, we'd love to hear from you, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, whatever. So thanks to all our subscribers, and um, we're only going to get better, even if uh, even if we're going to have to struggle for content if they're not playing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's your half-time break, um, about the length that the AFL would like to change it to. (laughs) That's about right. Hey, uh, we've got our own KB. (laughs) Yeah, we lost a KB and we gained a KB. It's pretty weird. (laughs) So Keegan Brooksby, who is this fella, Nick? You got him in the season guide. (laughs) Oh, are you telling me that you've not heard of Keegan Brooksby? Is that what you're trying to tell me, Tiz? I think he was super coach relevant at one point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the lowdown on Keegan Brooksby, the Ruckman from. Uh, he played for Gold Coast, uh, 13 games I think he managed, and uh, he was signed to West Coast but never debuted for them. And now we've picked him up in the uh, preseason supplemental selection period. We used, at the time, Tiz, our last list spot on Keegan Brooksby. At the expense of uh, Minchington. So he was told. Thanks, mate, but no thanks. And a little bit sad. He just took to, was it Instagram, and said thank you to everyone and his lifelong friends and didn't burn any bridges. He was very careful because he knows <laughs> things can happen. Yeah, no, he handled it very well. But at the time, I think it was a surprise to a lot of Hawthorne supporters. It was a surprise to us because he had featured in not only the Marsh Series game, but they took him to Morewell as well. And He'd been ever-present since about November. Yeah, that's right. He certainly went the distance in terms of being in calculations for this spot, but Hawthorne decided at long last, yeah, we'd probably better replace that uh, Mark Pitt in it that went wandering over to Carlton. You know what happened, don't you? Go on. That first minute of that first preseason game, <laughs> and McAvoy looks like he's done something serious, <laughs> and they've all gone. Hands to the head, and, <laughs> you know, we might have to do something about that, righty? What do you reckon? The scare through <laughs> the camp that Hawthorne needed, to be frank. Well, we had it too. I remember watching it. You were in New Zealand, but I remember watching it going, that is, like, in terms of list management, if that is a serious injury, we are so exposed now. But he came back this week, didn't miss a bit. He looked good. So we're, we're pleased with that. But So we've got our own KB. Do you think he'll debut or do you think he's just like insurance policy? Look, I'll be honest. I reckon Keegan Brooksby is insurance at this point, um, which is not a knock on the guy. I think, you know, once I started actually researching who he was and what he's about, what he's accomplished, he does have a fairly impressive CV. Yes, yeah. Markedly impressive with uh, Abby Holmes, of course, his partner. Uh, that is... <laughs> A highlight, Nick. I was talking more about his football credentials, but well played. I think that's a football credential, don't you? I mean, you have to be fairly decent at football for her to have a look. (laughs) (laughs) 13 games for the Gold Coast. That's probably what did it. Uh, (laughs) He managed 13 games and uh, he ended up going back to South Australia. And he was playing for South Australia in the Sandfall. And he captained in uh, 2018 and had an absolutely stellar year. He was a very dominant ruckman and was known to sort of take games by the scruff of the neck and he'd kick some bags here and there, which is good. Uh, And then West Coast obviously looked at that and they sort of liked what they saw. Signed him up and didn't play him, Tiz. So this is last year, is it? 
He was at West Coast. This is last year. Yeah. This is 2019. Keegan Brooksby was was over in Perth. And then they cut him. Not only did they cut him, Tiz, but it, it came as a bit of a surprise because he'd won the uh, best and fairest for their waffle team. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so he basically played the house down for two years in a row. <laughs> yeah, yep. And now we're picking him up. So, you know, he might be a good option for us. Certainly at Box Hill, I think Ned Reeves and Riley Bowman are going to have some competition down there. Well, what's even more interesting is the fact that, yeah, I, I think we do have a, a decent insurance uh, player on our hands because South Australia thought they had him back. And then we pinched him at the last minute, and they were none too pleased. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they whinge about any of their players being successful in Victoria, really. So, look Jack at Gunston. Gunston. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, no, I, I think this is a good acquisition. Uh, the only surprise for me would be that it took so long to bother to, to get another Ruckman. But there, there it was, uh, Keegan Brooksby in brown and gold. And I was pretty happy with that. I felt sad for Minch. But then, of course, um, there was another twist of fate that happened in the practice game that Box Hill played. Yeah, little Will Gold's uh, done an ACL, unfortunately. Um, I was looking for his, forward to his further development this year, but he'll be denied that and he'll have to go back. Um, it might give him a chance to build up his upper body strength. Um, that's about the only positive that can come out of this, really. And he'll learn about structures and maybe some coaching. But, um, yeah, he'll be frustrated, the young man. But provides Minch with it's almost you mentioned Indiana Jones before it's it's very Indiana Jones as the the uh, rock walls coming down for him to slide under it it's that's <laughs> that's how I see Minch at the moment it's a little like that it's surely his last lifeline you know this is his last shot at the big time well I mean the the SPP shut today so that tells you all you need to know about how close it was <laughs> he just scraped in there and uh look it's got to happen for him this year. He's got to make the most of it and take this opportunity because it's come from nowhere. Um, he played 28 games between 2013 and 2018 and hasn't featured in senior footy since. This is it. This is his chance. I think he'll take it. What What age is he now? Well, he's 26 now. And I don't know if age is so much a factor as his body and, and simply having these opportunities in front of him and uh, he just hasn't been able to make the most of it. That's the that's the obstacle is his body and and really just seizing the moment. Yeah, well, so that's a 26 year old and a 29 year old added to the list in the space of a week. Um, well, I'm I'm actually quite impressed with the CV of Keegan Booksby. That's that's interesting. And I, and I saw that um, that Minchington was gelling well with the group. So. You know, it might make us better. Minchington on paper is a good idea. I, I think we do need a, um, a zippy forward that can excite and, you know, potentially challenge for Puopolo's role as well. Um, it is really just a matter of whether he holds up. That's the only real question mark for mine, because I think, in theory, it could really work. Um, I guess we'll just wait and see. He's on a one-year deal, so, uh, yeah. Now, speaking of players getting their bodies right, uh, we have to do an injury wrap, because... Uh, it's piling up a bit, which is unfortunate. As you mentioned, the Golds ACL, it was the opposite knee to the one that he did in his junior days. Um, we've got Mitch Lewis with a badly sprained ankle. Gunston's progressing well, according to the club. He's no certainty for round one. Um, there's, a, there's a whiff of the Birchall slash Scrimshaw about Gunston's injury. I'd rather a bit more transparency on that. Uh, they're not going to give anything away to Brisbane. 
If he's ready, he'll play. And we've got Tim O'Brien, who's still recovering from an eye injury, uh, a scratch to the eye, which... Yeah, that's a bit odd. That's lingering. I would have thought that would have been dealt with, but it is a sensitive area of the body, so... And then, of course, Mitch Lewis is... um, They don't know when he'll be back. No. So, anyone else? Dylan Moore is actually back playing for Box Hill. He was the one that came to mind. I think Howe might still be dealing with a foot injury. Well, I tell you what, Box Hill were very impressive against Casey on the weekend. They absolutely smashed him. They did indeed. So uh, Jackson Ross finishing with four goals. If their form is anything to go by, that'll be be good to watch. Our boy Emerson Jekyll with two. Yeah, EJ looked good, didn't he? And uh, Harry Jones was wandering around down there. He did okay. Um, and CJ, his little uh, cameo in the in the seniors. So, so you've gone from EJ to HJ to CJ. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> uh, have we got any uh, questions from the listeners this week? Yeah, I think we might just finish off with uh, one question here from Nick Vines uh, at Hawk Talk Pod. Seeing as though last week Tiz thought I was more interested in asking if Warple will play forward so I can pick him for super coach, my question to you both is, if you were in the AFL, what position would you play? And how much would you honestly be worth? Oh, wow. Well, I was a dour defender who um, modelled himself on Chris Langford, but uh, <laughs> could never could never really rise to the occasion. So <laughs> I had his number on my back and everything. Okay. Um, but I was a little bit dirtier than Chris, I think. I, uh, I never got pulled up for it because there was only one umpire. But, um, yeah, I wasn't the cleanest of players. I can picture you being a really annoying Ryan Crowley sort of player. Yeah, um, probably not as violent or as obvious, but very, very psychologically threatening. Um, (laughs) Stuff like, um, is that your mother over there? (laughs) Got him. Good one. You know, always poking the the parental bear, just trying to take their mind off the... Contest at one at one point, I remember the ball came into the attacking fifty, and my opponent was looking the other way, talking to me. So that was a win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I'd be worth about a Ben Stratton. What do you reckon? If if in Super Coach terms, Ben Stratton, whatever his value is, I'd probably be about that, and I'd probably be picked in as many Super Coach teams as Ben Stratton is. I, feel. <laughs> I was going to ask, is this Ben Stratton 2019 or Ben Stratton 3 P D era? Yeah, it was probably 2018 that was his best year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true enough. That uh, game he had against Essendon was a marvellous effort and um, never should have cut the hair, of course, no. as we've learnt with a number of players at Hawthorne. <laughs> What's your position going to be, though, Nick? Would you, I reckon I'm, if we were to play one another, our sides, I probably would have lined up on you. What do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at some point. Uh, you might have given me an absolute bath. I remember in, like, under nines, under tens. Oh, I would have given you an absolute bath because I'm a bit older. <laughs> <laughs> What league is this that would allow it? <laughs> dear, oh dear. No, I found it all very easy when I was playing up forward when I was a young tacker and uh, kicking bags of goals and thinking, how good is this? <laughs> but uh, I, things very drastically shifted for me in the years that came and adolescence sets in and I was shocking. Now, there's two options when you're shocking. It's either that you don't want the ball and you just try to keep position in the side mm. or you go the knuckle a bit. And provide worth to the side that way. No, I, I was never one who was big on physical contact. So, of course, I was shifted into the back line and I was a liability. <laughs> <laughs> I was slow. I didn't want the body contact. And I was panicky when I got the footy. Yeah, well, I got dragged because, if you can believe this, 
I took my eyes off the football to collect my opponent. <laughs> I got taken off the field. <sighs> Couldn't believe that. I still got the ball and everything. I was so dirty. It took me weeks, years. Actually, I'm still not over it. No, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things people don't get over, have you, uh, have you heard the golden years and Burgoyne talking about Guerra? playing on in the final minutes of that prelim. Oh, let's not spoil it. Let's oh, okay. give him a plug, though, since you're talking about it. Uh, no, we won't go too far into that, but that is that is good fun to listen to. The Golden News podcast with Ash, Andrew, and Darren, friends of the show, is out now. And uh, what a cracking first episode it is. They've got uh, none other than Sean Burgoyne as a guest uh, talking about the 2013 prelim. And uh, what a magnificent listen it is. Yes, and I didn't realise it, but apparently there was a very small down in between the play and the yaw on those T-shirts they sold because he's just play down your role the whole time. He's a modest character. He's incredibly modest. Incredibly modest. I mean, they put him everywhere in that game because he was just like the chess piece that kept winning. <laughs> <laughs> You should absolutely give this uh, podcast a listen. Golden Years, it's out now. It's going to be a cracking podcast indeed as they go forward. Uh, since we're on plugs, Tony Wilson's book, 1989, The Great Grand Final, that's out now. Uh, we've both got a copy now, which is great. I've got my little post-it notes out and I'm putting little points through the book. So when he comes on the pod, I've got, you know, I'll roast him, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Hello if you're listening, Tony. <laughs> Cat's out of the bag with that one. We are... We are teeing up a chat with author Tony Wilson on that book, 1989, The Great Grand Final. Fair to say we're both really enjoying it. Uh, we've had numerous different book corner segments here on the pod uh, in, in the few years that we've been going, and this is one I can't wait for. It's a marvellous read and definitely pick up a copy. All right, mate. Well, that's about it. I guess we're um, just in the hands of the gods, really, aren't we? Yes. They might just paint the chairs, make it look like there's a crowd like they do in Brisbane. What do you reckon? I reckon bring back the tarps from Port. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're about to sign off. Uh, Apple Podcasts, rate and review us on there. As I said, Twitter at HawkTalkPod. We're climbing towards 2,000 followers. Find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod and Patreon. Sling us some coins, sub- subscribe and support the show, patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with this season, Tiz? We've got the season guide coming out, but... Round one is a bit up in the air. Um, some of the things we've said on this podcast might be dated by the time it comes out, so I hope people are patient with that and understanding. But uh, look, I'm excited about the season still, but it, it's certainly mutated into a different kind of enthusiasm. Well, if anyone's going to be prepared for the you know, the unknown, it's Hawthorne. Clarko's a genius at this kind of stuff. He'll have the boys ready. <laughs> I think it's because he's so adaptable that, that Hawthorne are, are so good and, and people seem unprepared when they play us. That's how we get results like we did against GWS last year. Oh, there's a viral outbreak, is there? Hmm. Play Burgoyne forward. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll be back soon enough with the Hawk Talk podcast. The road to round one continues. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.